Good morning. What about this weather that we're having, right? We'll take it. We're, uh, we're going to actually skip, cancel winter this year, and we should be good to go. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Anybody want to make a motion? Second? All in favor? Did anybody, anybody oppose? That's the big question. Oh, one. There's a, oh, two. There's always two. All right. <laughs> Hey, I don't know about you, but I am so thankful to be able to gather with you guys today. Um, I'm, I, I tell you what, I'm really looking forward to what God has planned for us. I can't wait to hear the praise team and have them lead us into worship. They're a little bit down. A couple uh, got COVID, or one has maybe COVID, and so we're a little bit short up there. But um, we know God is going to lead through them, and I cannot wait for that. And then God is also going to speak to us through his word right? And that's what we're going to pray for. That's what we're going to hope for. And I think he's got a challenging message for us today. So I can't wait for you guys to hear that. A uh, couple, couple announcements, though. We need teachers. There are some people who want to come to church who have kids and are worried that if they bring their kids that they're not going to be able to sit through the service and they're going to be disruptive. We know that's okay, right? If your kids come and they're disruptive, that's, we'll take it. You know, that they're probably saying better things than I'm saying. So uh, we'll, we'll take that. But um, if you can teach, if you would be willing to do that, there's a process to go through. You've got to go through a background check and, and do that. But um, we really need teachers. We have two, one for nursery and one for children's church, and that's it, that have contacted me. And there might be more that are thinking about doing it, but you just haven't come and talked to me. Please let me know. We need, we need those teachers in order to get our children's church back up to running. So, um, and after you hear today's message, I'm sure you'll be challenged with that. Um, there is some stuff left in the pavilion, and Brenda did a great job getting, there were all, all these people that I didn't even know coming to the church at all hours and days and picking up stuff and taking it out of here, and so we only have like a truckload left. I need somebody with a truck to just take that to Goodwill, or take it and do something with it. So if you have a truck, consider this a sign that God is asking you <laughs> to take this to Goodwill, all right? All right, so if somebody would do that, I would love to see that gone. Um, and then Veterans Day. Normally, this is the weekend that we would celebrate Veterans Day, but we're going to do that next week. So if you know a veteran, please invite them to the service. And if you are going to invite them to the service, please let me know about it so that we can be prepared to recognize them. But we're gonna, I wanted to get this service done because it's very important with our timing of what's going on. And um, then we'll, we'll move to our Veterans Day celebration, and we'll, we will definitely honor our veterans. All right? All right. Would you stand with me? How's your hearts today? They okay? Good, 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 good. Um, huh? Just say it? Yeah. No, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> um, we just... I just really see God lining up with what he's teaching us, with what's going on. And I'm, I'm grateful and I'm thankful for that. And I just can't wait. Like, like everything, he's just lining up. Uh, and it might not seem like that or you might be, you know, in a different mood. But um, trust him, right? Trust him. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. Thank you for the ability to get together. Lord, we want to praise and worship you. 
for you alone are worthy of that. Lord, would you draw our attention to you, no matter what's going on in our life, no matter what's going on um, uh, with our finances, with our health, with, with anything else, Lord, would you help us to just be able to lay those things down at your feet and trust you with them. Help us do everything that we can, but help us to trust you with what we can't, Lord. We pray that you would just move in these situations. Lord, I, I pray that um, you would be calling us as a church to, to really be your church, to really be your body. Father, I pray that you would lay things on, on our hearts, maybe people to visit, maybe people to contact. Maybe we see a need in somebody else financially and we can, we can give them some money without them knowing about it. Or, or maybe we recognize some other need. Lord, would you help us just to reach out and be your hands and feet? Lord, we once again just praise you, though. We give you right away this service. Come, Holy Spirit, do what you will. Pray that you'd speak through the praise team, that you draw our attention to you, Lord, and that we'd give you all praise, and that we'd be a blessing to you. For, for Father, we know you're a blessing to us, and we thank you for that. In your name we praise you. Amen. built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but holy trust in Jesus' name. My hope is built on nothing Jesus' blood and righteousness, I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but only trust in Jesus' name, Christ alone, cornerstone, weak made strong in the Savior's love. seems to hide his face. I rest on his unchanging grace. In every high and stormy Savior's 
Priceless in every way Wonderful, beautiful, glorious Matchless in every way Here in your presence We are
stand before your throne, before the Holy One of Heaven. It's only by your blood, and it's only through your mercy, Lord, I come. I bring an offering of worship to my King. the praises that I see. Jesus, may you receive the honor that you're due. Oh Lord, I bring an offering to you. I bring an offering of worship to my King. No one on earth deserves the praises that I see. Jesus, may you receive the honor that you're due. Oh Lord, I bring an offering to you. I bring an offering to you. All right, we've been talking about prayer, and of course, we said there are no bad times to pray, right? There are no bad times to pray, but there are some times that are more than others that we feel called to pray, and I believe that we are in such a time. We have the direction of our nation. We have the direction of our church. What, what way are we heading? So now is the time to be in prayer. Now is the time to continue in prayer. Now is the time to fast, right? We encouraged you to fast, and I hope you, you took us up on that, that challenge because that's that's a big gun. That's a big tool. That's a big weapon um, that Jesus encouraged us to take on. All right. Um, now is a time where it's easy to get consumed with what's going on. Right? Maybe what's going on in our nation. Maybe now is a time where we look to the left or we look to the right or we're tempted to do that for answers. But I want us to shift our attention, shift our focus to Jesus, right? To God. Sometimes it's easy to get discouraged when we're faced looking at the mountain, right? And we see this big mountain, but we want to turn our attention and look to the mountain mover, right? The way maker. I want you to be reminded that our hope is not built upon earthly persons. Our hope is built upon Jesus Christ right? That's where our trust is. That's who we look to. That's who we depend on. The one who spoke a hundred billion stars and a hundred billion galaxies into existence. That's who we look to. That's who we depend on. That's who we trust. All right, so last week we focused on your kingdom come. We talked about how God's kingdom is not a kingdom built on power, right? It is not a kingdom built on power. It is not focused on getting power, It's not focused on using power, but it's built on love, sacrifice, forgiveness, grace, and truth, 
right? Grace and truth. That's what it's focused in on. All the things that Jesus represents. We get all worried when we lose power and influence, don't we? We're like, oh, what are we going to do? We've lost power. We've lost influence. But this isn't even a concern for God. It's not. It's not a concern, right? Because God's kingdom is usually strongest when we do lose those things, when we do lose power, when we do lose influence. Why? Because the only thing that we have left to cling to is Jesus himself, right? And when we cling to him, when we put our faith and trust in him, that's when his kingdom is built. What's going to save America? What's going to save the world? Jesus Christ building his kingdom. That's what we're called to do. We're called to be ambassadors for that kingdom, right? So that's what we need to look forward. What's next? What's next? That's what we want to look at today, all right? The Sermon on the Mount is, is filled with ways to build the kingdom and what the kingdom looks like. That's what Jesus taught his disciples. That's what Jesus taught those people. We talked about one example last week, and that example was going the extra mile, right? When the enemy comes up to you and demands that you go one mile, instead of refusing that, we humble ourselves and we go with an extra mile, right? It's everything that we've been taught in America not to do, culturally not to do, yet this is the way the new kingdom operates, This is what's important in the new kingdom. And like I said, the Sermon on the Mount is filled with all those sorts of things. This is what it means to be an ambassador for Christ, for the kingdom of God. You want to see America changed? This is how it happens. So when we pray, your kingdom comes, we come to a way where we are surrendering our old lives, our old way of doing things, and we are pledging to be a part of building the kingdom, the kingdom of God. And today we're going to be talking about the will of God. The next part of the prayer is your will be done. Will you stand with me? We're going to be in Matthew 6, beginning at verse 9. And we're going to stand in honor of God's word, right? Matthew 6, beginning at verse 9. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for your word. Lord, would you just speak to us through it? Would you use it? Father, would you challenge us? Would you challenge us with these next four words that we're going to be looking at? Holy Spirit, soften our hearts. Open our ears. Open our eyes to what you'd have us. And help us to look more like you. Lord, we love you and give you all praise. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Your will be done. This is the part that we're looking at. This is the prayer that gets dangerous. How many of you guys are fans of action movies? Uh, you know, I like Hallmark movies, but I like action movies too. This is, I like the danger. I like the karate. I like the spy stuff and all those things. And, and this is the part of the prayer that, that 
gets into that area, I guess. That these four words have the chance to radically change your life. And here's the thing. I love looking at this prayer, this model of prayer. It's not something to be memorized. It's a model that teaches us how to pray. Because oftentimes we don't pray this prayer. We don't pray these elements of this prayer. We don't pray, your will be done. But we should be praying it every single time. We need to get this. We need to get a hold of this. All right. I think we often seek God's will. We often do. I was, I was talking to a young man yesterday, and I was like, what are, you, what are you planning to do with your life? And he wasn't too sure. You know, he's got some ideas and everything like that. You know, we seek God's will for things like that. But here's the thing. If it doesn't line up with what we want to do, we often don't follow that path. We don't walk that path. There was an old Scottish woman who went from home to home across the countryside selling threads, buttons, and shoestrings when she came to a to a fork in the road, she would always throw a stick up into the air and whichever direction it landed, that would be the way that she went. One day, however, though, somebody came upon her and she was repeatedly throwing this stick up into the air. And the person came up to him and said, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? And the woman replied, it keeps pointing to the left and I want to go to the right. Right? That's how we approach God's will. Now, when we, when we talk about God's will, I think it's almost immediate or it, it's almost really a lot of times we look at and we focus on God's specific will for a person. That's what, that's what we think of when we talk about God's will. This is what we usually try and figure out. What is God's will for my life? Is this the person that I should marry? Should I take this job? We think of God's will as being very specific, and at times it is. All right, this is the number one question that I get people coming up to me about. What is God's will for my life? I've been having a lot of conversations with people about that here lately. What is God's will for my life? For my life? And because of that, when we pray, your will be done, we tend to make this prayer too small. We tend to focus just on that. It's, it's not a bad prayer to think about that and to try to determine God's will for your life, but we're making it too small. We're not focusing in on a big picture. All right, This is a, a request for information when we approach that in that way. Um, God, I'm not sure what I should do. Would you, would you show me? Good, good prayer, but don't let it be the only part that you're praying. I've been praying this a lot lately. What is God's will for my life, my direction, my family? And I don't know about you, but this can be a very frustrating prayer when you pray it because it always it oftentimes doesn't seem like God answers it right away or answers it fast enough, at least not for me. Culturally, we have been continued conditioned to expect fast answers to everything that we ask. When we've got a question or anything, like we expect it. The amount of information that we have available to us at any moment in time, especially if you have a smartphone, is amazing. It's unbelievable. All right? Do you remember when you had to grab a map or an atlas. Some of you probably don't even know what an atlas is. But do you remember when you had to do that when you were planning a trip? And when you are going on a trip, you had to look at it and find all the different roads and try and figure out what would be the... And you're measuring and you're adding up mileage and, and everything and you're writing everything down. And how long that would take you? That could, that could be a good amount of time. And now, right, you just pull out your phone and say, take me here. And in five seconds, you have the best trip. To go, or you can do it and change it where you don't have to pay tolls, or you can do it the lowest mileage. You have all this information available to you right then and right there. 
How awesome would it be if God had an app, right? How awesome would it be to say, hey, God, instead of like, hey, Google. Uh, college or trade school? I'm debating about that. Or how, how long until I meet that special person? When they're going to come into my life? And that would be amazing if, if there was that. Um, and that God would just share the, his will, his specific will for you. But that's usually not how it works. Right? When you pray and you, you're seeking that specific will, it's, it's usually not that God just lays down out your life for the next 20 years and gives you that, that plan. And that's okay. Right? Here's how it usually works. Here's, here's what happens if you study Scripture, though. The, the idea of God's will tends to not usually be very specific. But instead, his, God's revealed will is for who you are as a person. God reveals his will for who you are as a person. So it's not specific about what you're going to do next, but more about who you are. So there's two types of will, for, two types of God's will for your life. We have the revealed will of God that we get from Scripture, from reading the Bible. It tells us who we should be as followers of Christ. It's broad. It applies to all believers, all people who claim Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. All right? And it tells us things like, hey, you should give to the poor. Right? It gives us those broad guidelines on how we should live, what God's will is. And then there's, of course, what we were talking about, his specific will that just applies to us individually. Hey, I want you to go on the mission field to Russia. That would be an example of God's specific will. I think, though, that we spend so much time focusing on his specific will that sometimes we ignore his revealed will. And I think it's how we have, I think we get it backwards. We need to focus on his general revelation found in the Bible. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make up a statistic here right now. But God's, you know, 90% of God's will for your life is found right here, of everybody in here. Like I said, I made up that statistic. But the far majority for God's will for your life is found right here. And then there's about 10% that's just his specific call on your life. But a lot of times we, we try to figure out what that 10% is, and we kind of ignore this this 90%. How do I know that? Because we don't read our Bibles, right? The only time we, we hear anything from the Word is just on Sundays. And that's if we go to church. So you're, you're missing out. If you want to know God's will for your life, here it is, 90% right here. God's revealed will for your life. That's what we need to focus in on. All right. Um, here's a f- couple things that I want you to think about. The more committed you are to God's revealed will what he has spoken clearly in Scripture, the more connected that you are to the vine. Remember the first sermon series that we did, Branch Life, right? The more that you're connected to the vine, the more clearly you will be able to distinguish what God's specific will is for your life, what he's calling you to do. The more you're walking in God's revealed will, the more likely that you'll walk in his specific will or take the right next steps. For your life. The flip side is also true. If you're ignoring God's revealed will, if you're not connected to the vine, forget it. All right? I, I don't think you have a good chance of knowing what God's specific will is for your life. We know that God's revealed will for us is that we should give thanks in all circumstances. That's what the Bible tells us. All right? So after this election, 
we know that we should give thanks in all circumstances, right? How are we doing with that? That is God's will for us. I will tell you there, there are circumstances in my life where that does not feel like the right thing to do, right? When things are happening to me, when the enemy is attacking. But that's what God's will is. That's what we're called to do. And the question is, do we surrender ourselves to God's will? Or do we do what we want to do? Are you obeying it? It's tough, yeah, but it's God's will. God specifically said that his revealed will is for us to be a part of the church, right? It doesn't say it has to be this church, but we're called to be a part of the church, the body of Christ. And God reveals his will through the book of Hebrews. And he says we shouldn't stop meeting together, that we should encourage one another. Somebody just came up to me before this and was talking about, actually two people were talking about the enemy's attacks and everything like that. And that gives us an opportunity to encourage one another. If you don't come to church, though, you miss out on that. And I shouldn't even say if you don't come to church, if you're not a part of the church. You can miss out on that. It also tells us that we shouldn't be on this journey alone. We know that a lot of Christians don't, don't even think church is necessary. The far majority of Christians, 80%, I think the last statistic that I saw said church isn't necessary. But what does God's will say? What does God's will reveal through Scripture? It is necessary. It's very necessary. So will you surrender your will to that? Bottom line, if you're not obeying his revealed will, it's very difficult to discern what his specific will is. So focus in on that revealed will. Focus in on what the Bible teaches. Second thing you need to understand about God's will is that God's specific will for you will never contradict his revealed will. All right, What God asks you to do will never go against what the Bible tells you to do. If, if you think God is telling you to turn to, the life, turn to the right and the Bible says, no, turn to the left, you're wrong. All right, Follow what the Word of God says. You can always check your sense of what God's specific will is for your life against what He has revealed in His Word. They will never contradict each other. If it does, you're wrong. All right, Plain and simple, you're wrong. There's a false teaching out there that is becoming more and more popular today. It's called progressive theology. In progressive theology, you try to interpret God's word through the lens of the current culture. No, right? Well, that's what God's word says, but today is different, and so I need to change it and kind of apply it, and that just gets into a, a very dangerous place, right? That's not really what God's word means. That's how we justify it. As, we, as a result, we try to take God's word and we reshape it and we try to fit it in to make it less offensive, easier to handle, easier to, to live by. We, we value feelings over Scripture. That's, that's very popular today. And before we start pointing fingers at other churches maybe that we know have gone down this route, you know, what about us? I think a lot of us are guilty of that. We come to Scripture that's tough. You know, come to Scripture that tells us to do stuff, and what do we do? We immediately start rationalizing it, how God is not telling us to do that, right? And we, we make an excuse. We've got to be careful of that. You know, um, sometimes uh, 
we read something and we're like, I just don't believe God would want that or do that or say that, right? That's when it gets dangerous. That's when we need to really resign ourselves, surrender ourselves to God's revealed will. So God's specific will will never go against his revealed will. Third thing, God's specific will for your life can be multiple choice. That might, might shock you. There's a lot of freedom, though, when we discover this. Sometimes we get caught up in this fear, God, do I go left or do I go right uh, or do I just stay straight? And sometimes God is like, well, you just pick. You know, it's up to you. You know, um, you choose. Just, just stay in the path, though, of my revealed will. I heard an example of this from a preacher who was talking about the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. And, and God says to Adam and Eve, hey, you can eat off of any tree, right? Except for this one. You can have any fruit. There's lots of trees. You pick. Whatever you want, that's fine. But don't eat this one. So Adam and Eve, they're celebrating their six-month anniversary. And they say they want to have a nice meal out together, right? And they're praying about it. You know, Lord, which, which tree should we eat from? You know, we have got this tree or this tree or maybe in the garden too and everything like that. And, and they're, they're fretting about what's the right tree to, to eat from. And God's like, I don't care. Just pick one. Eat it. You know, just don't eat this one. And I think sometimes that how, that's how God answers us. Sometimes there are specific things that he calls us to. But sometimes we have freedom. And when you realize that, that's an amazing thing. Freedom in Christ. So make, us, make the focus, though, following God's revealed word. And then let him call you to the specifics in his timing. He'll do that. He'll do that if you're following his revealed word and you're staying connected to him. I guarantee you he'll give you the specifics. All right? Now, I said early on that praying your will be done is a dangerous prayer. Why is it dangerous? How is it dangerous? Because by praying that, you're really surrendering your own will. Right? You can't say your will be done, but I'm going to hang on to what I want to do as well. It's another spouse analogy, I guess. It's like when you go out with your spouse on a date and they ask you where you want to eat. If you say, I don't care, right, and then you shoot down the next three options that your spouse gives you, that's wrong, right? That, you cannot do that. If you say, I don't care, you have to go with that. That is just bad not to. But, but that's what we do with God, right? I don't care what you call me to, God. I'll do that. Okay, well, I want you to go be a missionary. Mm, no. Okay, well, I want you to stand up in church and say something. Mm, no. Right? Mm. That's why it's dangerous. It doesn't work if we, if we go with our will, our own will above God's. So we have to surrender our own will to his. How do you get to that place, though, where you're willing, where you're able to surrender your will to, to his? It, it comes by praying this prayer in the order that we talked about it. You realize, hey, I'm praying to my Father. I approach my Father, my Father who loves me and wants what's best for me. I learned that I can trust God, right? What kind of father is going to do horrible things to their kids? No. So I learned that I can come and I trust him. I get perspective that he's in heaven, that he sees the big picture. I know he understands the things that I don't understand, so I can trust him with moving forward with his will. That's why God set this prayer up in this order. That's what we need to follow 
identify and really wrap our, our heads around it. When, when you get that, we have confidence in him to guide us. We can trust his will. We can surrender our will and pray, your kingdom come. Your will be done. Trust God. Trust your heavenly Father. Father, we trust him with our salvation, don't we? We know there's nothing we could do to earn our salvation. We trust him. We rely on him. We depend on him. There's no way I'm making it to God by anything that I can do. So if we trust him with our salvation, why can't we trust him to trust him with his will for us? Don't play the game. Don't play the game with God's will. All right, you know what you know what game that is, right? Let's say that you're on a diet and you've decided that you're going to make this commitment to healthy eating and you're doing really good for a long time. What happens though? You come to this place where you're like, I think I'm going to cheat. Right? And you pray, God, you know, I know I've been doing really well with this. I think I deserve a break. And, and do you mind if I, I, I do this and, and have this ice cream? Right? And so you're praying about it and you say to God, Lord, if I drive by Smitty's and the line is not long, I will take that as a sign that it's okay to have sweet Smitty's. Right? And so you, you go, <laughs> and you drive by Sweet Smitty's, and guess what? The line's really long. So what do you do? You say, Lord, if I park in Drug Mart, and if I see the line go down in the next 15 minutes, I'm going to assume that that is your will that I should have Sweet Smitty's. And, and, and that's what we do. We just keep playing the game where we, where we change the rules until God's will becomes really our will. We can't do that, right? We can't do that. Don't play the game. Don't look for ways to get God to do really what you wanted to do all along and then pretend it's a part of his will. Don't do that. That's insulting. God, if I make this basket, right, Ethan? God, if I make this basket, I know you're going to want me to be a basketball player. And he's asleep. All right. It's great. Great. Then you break the shot, right? And you're like, well, best two out of three. Don't play the game. God's, God, your will be done is not a game. When we do this, it's really saying, God, my will be done. That's the danger. Quit looking for and making that sign happen the way you want it to happen. Quit throwing that stick up until it points right. Right? There's no better example of surrendering your will to the will of God than Jesus himself in the Garden of Gethsemane. Mark 14, 32 through 36. If you would turn there. Mark 14, 32 through 36. They went to a place called Gethsemane. And Jesus said to his disciples, Sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James, and John along with him. And he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death, he said to them. Stay here and keep watch. Going a little farther, he fell onto the ground and prayed that if it was possible, the hour might pass from him. Abba, Father, he said, 
Everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me. Yet, not what I will, but you will. What you will. Right? Take this cup from me. Jesus is facing an immense and intense amount of ridicule, humiliation, pain, unbelievable pain. And then the worst thing ever, right? The weight of the world, the weight of the sins of the world, and God's wrath upon those sins, the cup. That's what he's going to have to drink. And he says, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Do you you get that? My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Abba, Father. Everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me. Yet, not what I will, but you, what you will. Jesus surrenders himself to the will of God. Your will be done is an unconditional statement. It is an unconditional prayer. It is an unconditional commitment. This is the reason that it's dangerous. Right? Do you get it? You're saying yes before you know the question when you pray this prayer. You're agreeing to the terms before you read the contract. Whatever it is, your will be done. You're saying yes to God. What is it you'd like me to do? You're not saying, you know, God, what is your will? You're saying your will be done. You don't know what it is. You're just saying, that's what you want in your life, is for God's will to be done. Whatever that is, that's a dangerous prayer. That's a scary prayer. The other reason that's dangerous, because I guarantee you, you want something that you don't want to do. If you're in a relationship with God and he's not stretching you or pruning you, if you're in a relationship where you're just really comfortable right now with God, I don't know if you're in his will. I don't. And that's pretty brass to say that. But I know he is constantly <laughs> stretching and pruning. And just when you think you get there and over that hill, then there's another one there. What is God's will? What is God's plan for your life? It's not going to match up with your plan. His timetable is not going to match up with your timetable. I guarantee you that one, right? I guarantee you that one. God's timetable is not going to match up with your timetable. What if God wants you to do something tonight? What if you worked hard all week and you've got plans to watch that football game and then all of a sudden you learn about this need what are you going to do? I'll let somebody else handle it. I'm too tired. I deserve a break. You know, we have ways to talk ourselves out of things. This prayer messes with your life, though, when you say your will be done. And I wrestle with this when often. One of the more recent times is when 
Sheila asked me to preach Doc's sermon at his funeral. Um, my first prayer was, oh, Lord, no. Please don't ask me that, right? And so I began to try and think of a way out of it, right? Well, I'm pretty busy. You know, just started the job, but not been too, there too long at the city. The new job, still trying to figure that out. i got to preach the next day here. It doesn't leave me a lot of time, right? The real reason is I'm just scared to death of doing that because it's in, a, it's in Wooster. It's a huge church. I know there's going to be all these pastors there, right? And I have five sermons underneath my belt. And you want me to preach a, a funeral for a pastor with other pastors there? Man, that scared me to death. But do you come to that point where you say, your will be done? You have to. You have to trust him. And of course, he gets you through it, right? He's there with you. I wish I could tell you that I never let my fears get in the way. That I always say your will be done, but I can't. What I can tell you, though, is the times that I have said, your will be done, God's been there. God's enabled. God's blessed it. He makes a way. He'll help you through it. He doesn't take away the fear. If you're waiting for that, don't. That fear is always going to be there. But that fear is good. That fear is what makes you rely on God, that draws you to God, that draws you to to dependence on God. So embrace that. Embrace what it brings in your life. What is God asking you to do? What is God's specific will for your life, for your future? There are going to come some times where he's going to ask you to do scary things. Things that scare the heck out of you. Right? And you're going to come to the point do I go with my will or do I go with your will? And you're going to have a hundred good excuses why you shouldn't do it. Don't back down from what God calls you to do. Step out in faith. Realize things build too. All right? You guys know me. Most of you know my story. Went to church. Somebody asked me to be an usher. And I'm like, eh, I don't know. You know, I don't come to church that often. I don't even know if I really want to do this usher thing. I don't like standing up in front of people. I'm pretty shy. Uh, and I say, yeah, okay, I'll do it. So then I start coming, having to come to church every week because I'm an usher. All right? And God uses that and builds that. And then somebody comes up to me and says, hey, uh, will you be a children's worker? Hint, hint, right, to what we need today. Will you be a children's worker? No, I, I'm not a teacher. I don't really do that sort of thing. And you know, um, I don't even like kids. Like, honestly, at that time, I did not like kids. All right? And then all of a sudden, I'm like, okay, I'll do it. And then it's like, oh, my goodness, that's the most amazing thing ever to get to impact a kid's life. And all of a sudden, I start loving kids and really caring about them. And God blesses that thing, you know, that he called you to do that I was fighting not to do, thinking of every excuse to get out of it. But it happens. And then God's like, hey, will you take over the teens? No, you know, I'm pretty busy. I don't have enough time to take over the teens. Uh, I don't, don't even really like teens either, you know. They're, they're the annoying kids. I'll take the little kids. The little kids are great. They listen to you, 
right? But no, you know, I don't want to do that. And then you say yes, and you experience amazing times with teens, right? And they teach you things, you know? And then all of a sudden God says, hey, I want you to preach. You know me, man, I'm very shy. To this, to this day, when I have to do other things, I am very shy. And I do not like speaking in front of people, and it scares me. And so I'm like, no, that's like the last thing I would want to do, Lord. There's no way. But it comes down to my will or your will. And you, you have to surrender your will to God. It's so important. So when he calls you, remember, it's not like people just get up and do things or are in, in, in these positions and they, they know what they're doing and they, they have a, no fear about doing it or they feel qualified. No, you don't feel qualified, right? But God qualifies you. God qualifies the people that are called. Don't wait for it to get easy. Don't wait for it to not be scary. That'll never happen. Pray, pray, pray. Your will be done and surrender yourself to that. The path of Christianity must be filled with this prayer. Your will be done. Some of you are backing away because it's scary or because you don't think that you're able. Don't back down from that. All right? Are you going to pray this? This church is not going to be the church that God wants it to be. This church is not going to be the body of Christ unless we are praying this prayer, unless we are living this prayer, unless we are surrendering ourselves to whatever God calls us to do. It's not going to happen. We'll just be a a country club that meets and pats each other on the back. We're not going to impact our community. We're not going to impact the world. We're not going to make a difference unless we're willing to pray this prayer. Will you do it? Everything hinges. This is where we're at. Everything hinges. Where do we go from here? We are in, we are in a rebuilding phase, right? Our football team is depleted. We are in a rebuilding phase, and we need people to step up and say, your will be done. We need people that when God reveals to them a ministry to start, steps up and says, I don't know how to do this, but I will be faithful. I will follow this path that you've called me to. Maybe you're the, maybe you're the retired couple that doesn't have anything to do uh, during the winters or something like that. Maybe God will call you to be a missionary to Southeast Asia. I'm not looking at anybody, right? (laughs) Maybe you're the family that has the extra bedroom. And you'll foster a kid. You'll take in a foster child. Maybe you'll take in that pregnant mother. Maybe you're the person that's getting ready to trade in your new car. And instead of doing that, you heard about this this way where you can sponsor kids that are around the world and instead of taking on that new big car payment, you're going to sponsor 10 kids and make a difference in 10 people's lives. Maybe you're the person that knows you have a family member or a friend who doesn't know Christ. And maybe you're going to say, I'm going to step up. 
and I'm going to share the good news with them. All scary things, right? But are you going to pray, my will be done or your will be done? That's what we need to think of. That's what we need to, to come to. Could you imagine if we were all praying this prayer and living this out? Dangerous prayer. Exciting things, though. And I tell you what, that scary thing that God is calling you to or will call you to that you think, no way, when you start doing it, you'll probably be thanking him. Thank you, Lord, for calling me to this because this is the most amazing thing ever. That's how it works out. But you won't hear that call. You will not hear that call unless you are walking in his revealed will and connected to the vine, spending time in prayer, regular prayer, praying these prayers the way that he taught us to pray. Right? Stand with me. Like I said, one of the most biggest questions that I get what is God's will for my life? If God would have asked me that when he asked me to be an usher, I wouldn't have known, right? Jump in the pool. Swim around. Find out where God leads you. Jump in. Somebody asks you to pray about it. If God's leading you in that direction, do it. Don't worry about anything else. Trust God with it. Matthew 7, 21, this is, this is the scariest verse I've ever read for me. Matthew 7, 21, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Not everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the ones who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. How important is this? Only the ones who do the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and drive out demons and perform many miracles? It's not about that, right? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. You see why we started with the branch life? It's got to be the base. It's never about the works. It's all about the connection. I never knew you. Do you know him? Man, I tell you though, if you're connected to him and you're in his word, that's when I'll show you his specific will for your life. Make it a priority. Right? What is God calling you to do? Make it your prayer. Surrender it. Whatever that is, Lord, whatever it is at this moment, I'm going to do that. Your will be done. Let's pray. Father, we thank for today. Lord, I pray that right now you would be calling people to different areas, calling people to start up ministries, calling people to be a part of ministries, calling people to teach or to do nursery, Lord, whatever that is. Lord, I pray that you would just guide us in this season. Father, I'm really, I'm really thinking about the stuff that happens outside of church, Lord, and what you're calling us with that. Maybe it's to our neighbors who don't know you, who, are, who have a need, Lord, would you just reveal those things to us? Maybe it's somebody struggling financially. Lord, would you make us aware of that? And would you help us to do something about that? Lord, and if we're not able to do something about that, would you help us remember that we're a part of a body who can? 
Lord, use this church. Lord, let us have the prayer. Let us be all about the prayer. Your will be done. Father, build your kingdom. Remind us that we're ambassadors for you. This isn't our home. It doesn't feel like our home, Lord. We're just ambassadors. Would you remind us of that and help us to represent you well? Lord, we just ask this in your name we pray. Amen. You are dismissed.